On today's Locked on Jayhawks, preview of Kansas-Kentucky, a top 15 showdown in the Champions Classic. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnson, you can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also like and subscribe to our show on our YouTube page. And uh, on today's edition of the show, we're previewing Kansas versus Kentucky in the 2023 Champions Classic. We get to our matchups of the game, players to watch, top storylines, and plenty more throughout the show. First, we're brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so uh, overview on this one, Kentucky leads the all-time series 24-11. to 11. Honestly, I'm a little surprised they haven't played a little bit more than that. Um, but still, even then, Kentucky was pretty dominant in it. Now, more recently, KU has found some success here in this series. Obviously, they won in uh, Lexington a season ago. Kentucky won in Allen Fieldhouse a season ago. And um, uh, the two teams have had kind of mixed success in those home-and-home -home games that were part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is uh, obviously no more at this point. Kansas had won the last couple of uh, champion classic versions of this one. You had the one that was played in the, in the bubble during COVID. Uh, the one before that was the uh, Malik Newman, Devontae Graham team. Obviously, Kentucky won the, the notable one with the Anthony Davis team and then ended up winning the national title rematch. So you've kind of gone ebbs and flows. Nobody's really had like, at least lately over the you know past couple decades, like a huge winning streak. But both teams have had their little series of runs. As far as the top storylines coming into this game, uh, Champions Classic to me, and, and there have been years where the Champions Classic has literally kicked off the start of the season. But the Champions Classic, to me, is what really kicks off the college basketball season. Now, I think that the big pre-conference tournaments that we're going to have next week, Feast Week, during the week of Thanksgiving, those are what really get it, like, ramped up. Those are what really get exciting. But this is what, to me, feels like it kicks off the season. You get a couple good games here or there in the, the opening week of college basketball, and there were a few good ones. But this is what feels like it's like, okay, now we're starting to play some of the big boys. Now you're getting some real matchups. Now you're getting into things. And again, there was Duke, Arizona last week and USC, K-State. Right? There, were, there were a lot of good games that you can point to. But for me, this is what feels like it kind of ramps things up. And that's the case for KU because we're going to learn more in this game than we are probably in the first two games combined because of the fact that this is real competition. This is you know five-star athletes, future NBA draft picks that you're getting with Kentucky. And it carries over from this game to the Maui Invitational where the schedule doesn't get much easier. You're going to play Chaminade in the first game. And then from there, you're going to play either Marquette or UCLA and then you're going to play a uh, Purdue or a Gonzaga or uh, one of these other schools that's really good and you're going to be tested over these next you know four games uh, another top storyline here is the all-time wins conversation so Kansas came into the year I don't know a month ago and they were number one in all-time wins but then the NCAA sanctions came down they lose wins for the Silvio de Sosa stuff and now all of a sudden Kentucky jumps back in front to where Kansas is seven back in total wins. So for Kentucky, they either move up to eight or can Kansas cut it back down to six. But this is first versus second all-time in all-time wins. 
for just kind of a fun, you know, side note and, and storyline here. Uh, the last storyline I have here is how good are both teams? You know, from a Kansas perspective, are they really number one, right? We saw them fall in an exhibition game to Illinois, but it's also an exhibition. Nobody fouled out and, you know, weird stuff happens, whatever. This is your first like real game. Can you win a game like this on a neutral court against a team who's projected to be good in Kentucky? And I think he's actually being kind of underrated right now and where the ranking is. And can you, you know, show that you are really the number one team? Can you beat this team? Can can you show your will, right? KU's five and a half point favorites in this one. For Kentucky, they have an opportunity to show that, yeah, we are underrated. We're being picked as a team that's kind of in the teens right now. Or if they win this game, are they going to jump into the top five? Certainly they jump into the top 10, right? And so for Kansas, then you would have questions about, okay, well, well, just how good is Kansas here, right? Are they are they a really good team or are they an elite team, right? And that's kind of the question you have for both these teams that you're going to have kind of a measuring stick type game. For Kentucky, you could walk out of this game if they lose a close game and, and they could feel great about it. And for Kansas, if you lose a close game, you're probably going to feel you know worse than Kentucky would. So it's it's kind of expectations, though. Both schools always do have expectations of you know bringing down banners and, and winning national championships. But um, both teams, it's going to be a barometer test because I I think Kentucky is better than the ranking, and, and we'll see if they can show that, or if Kansas can flex their muscle and show that yeah, we are the number one team in the country. As far as the Kentucky scouting report, they are 15th ranked on Ken Palm. Um, as, far, as far as the roster for John Calipari, uh, no more Oscar Shibway, Jacob Toppin, Cason Wallace, Severe Wheeler, Chris Livingston, CJ Frederick, combination of players going pro or transferring out of the program there. But that's nothing new to Kentucky. We know that they live off this, the roster churn and rotation year in and year out with the amount of great freshmen that they bring on. Uh, but they added Trey Mitchell, too, and that was a really nice late addition for them. Had the West Virginia stuff not happened, he probably stays at West Virginia. And who knows what Kentucky does in the portal or if, you know, uh, and it's especially pertinent early in the season where they have some injuries or players not eligible at the center position that they're really using Trey Mitchell there. And he's played well so far for them. But Trey Mitchell comes over from West Virginia. We've seen him have some really good games against Kansas. We also saw him have one game that was not very good against Kansas when he was uh, at Texas, even before West Virginia. But they didn't just add Trey Mitchell to be a veteran, you know, kind of scorer and producer for them inside justin edwards is the number three recruit in the country on 24 7 sports some people think he could go number one in what's kind of a weaker draft this year but still aaron bradshaw number five he is hurt right now so i, I don't think the expectation is for him to play dj wagner is number six rob dillingham is number 21 and, and from a lot of you know national people that uh, i've read articles from or heard podcasts or whatever uh, it sounds like Dillingham has been very underrated, and he's produced pretty well in, in the first two games. Reed Shepard's number 79. So all those guys are top 100 recruits, and majority of them McDonald's All-Americans. And then they bring in some other players as part of that too. Uh, they also brought back Antonio Reeves, who's just a good scorer shooter for them on the outside, experienced player, and then a couple bench guys. So uh, they do have kind of a mix of, of talented freshmen with those veterans because they have Reeves and Mitchell. It's maybe not as great of a freshman class as some of the other years, and it's maybe not as as dominant a veteran talent as they've had in other years, but I do like the mix that they kind of have on the roster. So they're 13th on Ken Palm on offense. They only have nine turnovers through two games. That's something I've been very impressed with. And you have a team that has a lot of freshmen, especially at the guard position, a lot of times you can have headaches early with turnovers. They've done a great job avoiding that. Uh, they've shot really well on two-point shots. They've shot really well on free throws. They have not been early on, and again, very small sample size. This is two games. Not been a good offensive rebounding team early. Haven't gotten to the line much and haven't shot super well from three so far early on. Again, that's kind of something that's been a, a bugaboo for John Calipari lately, so we'll see. But they shot really well in their games that they played 
um, during the summer and they had a like KU went to Puerto Rico, Kentucky had kind of a similar trip and they did shoot it really well there. Uh, they're 27th on defense on Ken Palm, forcing a bunch of turnovers right now. They're forcing a bunch of steals. They're dominating on the defensive glass. They're not really fouling uh, good two point defense. Overall, the defense has been really good for Kentucky. And again, the team you play for Kentucky right now is going to be very different than the Kentucky team come March. Part of that is you have a young team. They're just going to get better as the season goes on. Another part of that is, yeah, Bradshaw's hurt. They have this uh, other center from overseas who is trying to get eligible right now. And I think he's just coming off like uh, some stomach ailment or I don't know, something that kept him out of practice lately. I, I don't think that he's going to be eligible for the game by the time that kind of decision comes down and he's like a seven foot two center. So they're missing some beef up front. It's a different style of team. And on some ways that actually could make it harder for you because you have a traditional center too. And you're going to have to deal with defending kind of a stretch five with Trey Mitchell. So in some ways it makes it harder in some ways it makes it a little bit easier, but um, certainly it'd be a big opportunity to score a nice resume win, even though this isn't the be all end all this early in the season to have that come you know, the end of the year is, is kind of a nice notch in your belt, that extra quad one win. But more so, it is that kind of measuring stick game early in the season to see where you are. Are you really the top team in the country? Are you more closer to being top five, top ten? This is a good opportunity to kind of flex your muscle there. We're going to continue on with our matchups of the game. We'll get to player watch to finish things up with this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. First, we're brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together. You know, we get fired up about the wins, who starts, who sits. Thankful for that personal connection. Well, whether you're extended travel or bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage, you're covered thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, Revatio, and other prescriptions. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. If you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. See if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase with Jace Medical. Getting to our matchups of the game, and then we'll get to uh, player watch for KU Kentucky. It is the late game, 8.30. Uh, pre-game is going to start on KLWN and 105.9 KISS and Lawrence at 7 o'clock um, for the 8.30 game. And who knows if the first game runs a little late, could end up starting at 8.45 or 9 o'clock or something like that. So, uh, by the way, looking ahead to the Maui Invitational, uh, there could be uh, a late one on one of the nights too. So get ready for that. Anyway, number one matchup of the game, can Kansas start forcing turnovers? You know, this is a team that has some personnel that should be good at forcing turnovers. We know Dewan Harris and Kevin McCuller racked up big steal numbers a season ago. Hunter Dickinson, high IQ player. He can get you some steals on the inside. KJ Adams, a good athlete. That can lead to, you know, half a steal per game or steal here or there. Uh, Marco Jackson, really good athlete. So theoretically should be good at getting steals there, right? Like you have some guys that you should be a, a solid steal team. So far through two games, KU is only 257th in the country in steal rate defense. And that's not the be all end all. We heard from Bill Self. Uh, earlier today and he kind of talked about how yeah I mean just walling your guy off and not reaching and you know just playing good sound defense is more valuable because then you don't force help defense if you can stay in front of them and that's even more valuable than getting a steal and yes that is true 
But ideally, you would get some steals as part of that, too. And Kentucky right now is second in the country through two games in turnover offense. I, I mentioned nine turnovers through two games, which is pretty incredible. Uh, you're going to need that number to go up. You're probably going to need them to have more than nine turnovers in this game to win this game. Now, in theory, again, having some of the players like DeWan Harris and Kevin McCuller should lead to success here for whatever reason it hasn't. But, you know, for some of those young players going up against DeWan and Kevin, maybe this is a different animal. Number two is transition defense. Kansas is 41st in the country in average possession length on offense through their first two games of the season. Kentucky, if you look at their tempo rating, is in like the 200s. So you're like, oh, they're playing slow. But then if you actually go to the profile, they're 42nd in the country in average possession length on offense. So they're actually playing fast on offense. It's just that the teams they played early are playing slow on offense to slow things down against their defense. But Kentucky likes to get out and run, and that makes sense. They have lots of athletes all over the place. A team that has a bunch of five stars, six, seven wings, and, and guys who can score in the open court and are quick and athletic. Obviously, you want to get those guys in transition because you're going to have a big advantage there. So because they have that, they're going to want to get out and run. We know KU likes to get out and run offensively too, um, but which team gets back on defense better? Which team defends transition better? Which team's able to get more transition opportunities? Those are all going to be critical in a game like this. And, and what are ways that you get transition opportunities? Well, that goes back to steals. So if KU can notch that number up, that would be helpful. Also goes back to bad shots, shot selection. You take bad shots. A lot of time that's going to lead to uh, runouts. Obviously, you also have to be a good defensive rebounding team. Kentucky's done that so far. Kansas has the recipe to do it with Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McCuller and KJ Adams. Um, if you can get the defensive rebound, you can outlet pass. And then having good passers, you get the ball. Well, Trey Mitchell's kind of a four-man playing the five. You know, that gives you some versatility there. We know Hunter Dickinson can pass. So both teams are going to be good at it. Who gets more opportunities? Uh, number three, which three-point marksman gets hot for either team? Now, for Kentucky, it's mostly been the Antonio Reeves show carrying their three-point shooting so far. I do think they have more potential than they've showed from some of the other guys. But to this point, Antonio Reeves is shooting 50% from three-point range through the first two games. He's averaging nearly 16 points, or he's averaging at 16 points per game. Uh, he shot 40% from three, basically, last season. So he's a really good three-point shooter. KU did a good job against him uh, a season ago. Through the first two games... Reeves is 7 of 14 from three-point range. That's where the 50% comes from. If you take out Antonio Reeves through the first two games, Kentucky is 10 of 38. That's 26% from three-point range. So, so far, the other guys have struggled shooting the three. And again, the idea here is that they have some of these players they recruited in that are supposed to be good three-point shooters. They have a couple other players on the roster that you can expect to hit some shots or hit some tough shots. But so far... Reeves has been the one guy. So if you can take him out of the game, what does that mean for Kentucky? Or does one of the other guys get hot? Or does just Reeves get hot and then it doesn't matter? For Kansas, Nick Timberlake, this is a game you can make your mark in. We've seen him be streaky. Some games he goes one of five from three. Others he goes three for four. Well, this would certainly be a great game to go three for four from uh, kind of off the bench shooting the three. Can Kevin McCuller keep up shooting the hot threes? By the way, KU right now is shooting 11 of 14 on corner three-pointers according to college basketball analytics. So get the open looks in the corner from three. We'll see if they're able to do that against Kentucky. And will one marksman, Timberlake for Kansas or Reeves for Kentucky or somebody you're not even expecting get hot from outside three-point range? Because we've seen some games in this Champions Classic. I mean, we've seen other games too where like Quentin Grimes hits like six threes. But we've seen games, especially in the KU Kentucky ones, uh, where it's been more of an ugly game, lower scoring game. And you know, maybe a team goes four of 20 from three, and it's just about who can hit them late, like Jalen Wilson did 
a couple years ago for KU or like Grady Dick did last year against Duke late, uh, even though overall maybe they struggled from uh, the shooting in, in the NBA arena. Number four, our final matchup here is late shot clock offense. Kentucky might not have as succinct of an offense during the regular run of play as Kansas. Um, they might end up having like a really good one, but with Kansas, they're fifth in the country in assists to uh, field goal ratio. Uh, they've been a great passing team. You look at over 30 assists in the first game, almost 30 assists in the second game. Really good passing all over the court. They run good offense. Bill Self runs good offense. Still early in the season, so you're still working on that stuff. But, you know, from, from like an overall offense perspective, you, you maybe favor Kansas there. However, if you're able to stop the, the passes and make good rotations and cut guys off and it becomes a game more about late shot clock, who's hitting tough shots for you? Does Kansas have those guys? I think you might get part of an answer in this game. We know last year, Kansas at times struggled with that. Like Jalen Wilson could be that guy most of the time. Grady Dick occasionally could do it, but sometimes teams were able, especially as the season went on, maybe face guard him or take him out of the game. And then there were occasions that Dewan Harris could hit like a scoop shot and do it late in shot clock or Kevin McCuller could do it here or there. But overall, that was a little bit more inconsistent having those late shot clock scores for KU. You go back to the title team the year before, it was like, oh, but you have Ochai and Christian Brown and Remy Martin can get his own shot. Gave him McCormick in the post-up. Theoretically, I think Kansas should have those guys because Kevin McCuller has is, is really shown improvement there. Hunter Dickinson gives you a guy you can dump it to in the low post late in the shot clock and be like, okay, just hit a hook shot or something. Bail us out, right? Basically the bailout shots. You have those guys. Um, I think Dewan Harris, he hasn't really shown a knack for scoring earlier this year, but we know that's in there. Saw it last year. He would have a couple games or, or a couple stretches where he could do that. So I, I think they're going to have them here. But with Kentucky, because you have all these, you know, I don't know, future NBA guys, like a big reason why they're being seen that way is because they can hit tough shots or they can make tough shots or, you know, bail you out in tough possessions or things aren't going your way. So you can defend well, but just a really good, talented player can hit a tough shot. And so if Kentucky ends up having the edge in hitting the tough shots because they have more of those types of players, could that be something that swings this game? We'll kind of wait and see. But in the end, this is kind of a style game. It's who's going to establish their style more. Kentucky by spacing the floor with kind of more of a small ball type of play in, in this game with some of their centers hurt or Kansas being able to play big and defend with their bigs out there as well. Let's get to our player to uh, player watch coming up to uh, finish up here on Locked on Jayhawks. We are brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skill and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Don't you think college basketball coaches would love to have this? That they just post, hey, I, I need a transfer on LinkedIn. And then they have like all these screening questions. Eh, doesn't happen as much with the transfer portal. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our player watch for this one, I I, I want to go with two here. Uh, the first, we have Hunter Dickinson against whatever the Kentucky centers are. 
So right now, Aaron Bradshaw injured the the big over seven footer from overseas. He's ineligible right now. Like they have some size that they're not able to, to get to right now. Trey Mitchell has been their primary five at this point. He's like six foot nine, kind of a, a stretch five. Um, not the biggest guy in the world that Hunter Dickinson at seven one should be able to bury in the post. But if he's not able to take advantage offensively, that's a big plus for Kentucky. Now, Mitchell is a good rebounder. He can space the floor a little bit. I don't know how Dickinson's going to fare on the defensive end against Trey Mitchell. That'll be a big matchup, too. Um, and then you look at the backup center right now for Kentucky. It's a 6'8 freshman in Jordan Burks who's like Burks, who's like 202 pounds. So KU is going to have a chance to kind of bury them inside, but they have to take advantage. Otherwise, Kentucky is going to have the spacing advantage on the other end of the court. And Trey Mitchell is a very good college basketball player. Uh, the other matchup is the other kind of big spot. It's KJ Adams against Justin Edwards. Justin Edwards, number three recruit in the country. He's the most prized recruit in that recruiting class for them. Some people think could possibly be the number one pick in the NBA draft. He's like a six foot seven, super athletic wing. Uh, not known for being a great three point shooter yet, but he is known for being a good mid range shooter. He can slash, he can defend, he can rebound, do a little bit of everything. They're playing him at the small ball four right now. Well, KJ Adams, you know, if he has, he has pro potential or, you know, pro, I don't know, uh, aspirations, I guess is the word that I'm looking for here. This could really get you on a scout's radar if you play really well in this game defensively, because he's kind of the, you know, do a little bit of everything guy, be a good defender, hit some dunks. Okay. Well, if, if you want to excel in that role and, and have a shot in the NBA, do it against a guy like this and Justin Edwards, it'll grab some attention. And you're an experienced player going up against freshmen. And that is the thing. Edwards may be more of a small forward playing down at the four. KJ Adams is ripped. He is strong. Use your strength. Take advantage of it in this game. KJ was really good, I think, uh, boxing out Oscar Shibway last year. Use that strength to uh, help you win this matchup with Justin Edwards or at least kind of mitigate it because if you can you know, slow down one of their most talented players, that would be a huge boon for KU. And I'm really interested to see that matchup because it is the pro potential versus the you know kind of college veteran with KJ Adams. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. You can find our show anywhere you get any of your podcasts. You can also like and subscribe to us on our YouTube page. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll uh, get to a KU Kentucky recap on next episode of LOJ.